Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. I'm your weekly host, Joseph Robertson, with Coffee Lovers Magazine. I just wanted to take a moment before today's show for a brief introduction and to apologize for last week. We ended up not having an episode due to some technical difficulties. This week we have a fantastic guest who I'm excited to welcome to the show. As we are trying to reach out and bring folks on the show in other areas, um, our internet connection at the studio has been giving us some problems there, uh, but we tried to decide to go for it this past week. Um, and while we were able to have our chat for the show, we did end up with a few sound glitches and our most awkward ending yet. Uh, so our apologies for that. Uh, we certainly are going to sort out our internet situation before having call-in guests in the future. Uh, before we get into it, a couple quick things. If you're interested in supporting the show, the best and easiest thing you can do is to rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the better it will rank and the more people will find the show. Uh, you can find all the links for the show at coffeeloversradio.com. If you'd like to go further than that, we invite you to go on over to conduitcoffee.com and get some of Jesse's fantastic coffee. And also check out Coffee Lovers Magazine at coffeeloversmag.com and on iOS and Android. We also have a giveaway going on right now. You can win a signed copy of The Art and Craft of Coffee. It's a very fantastic book, perfect for diving deeper into the world of coffee, brewing better coffee at home, and there's a bit about roasting as well. It's written by Kevin Sinnott. Check that out at coffeeloversmag.com slash contest. This week on the show, we welcome Jesse Harriet of Copper Horse Coffee in Ithaca, New York. Jesse is formerly of Sunner Goss Coffee in Louisville, Kentucky. He is one of the organizing partners with the America's Best Coffee House competition that happens at every coffee fest. With Copper Horse Coffee, he won the America's Best Espresso Competition at Coffee Fest East in Atlanta, Georgia earlier this year. He also participated in CoffeeCon in New York, representing Coffee Lovers Magazine alongside Copper Horse Coffee, brewing and teaching coffee at the show. So sit back, enjoy your favorite cup of coffee in our chat with Jesse Harriet. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Harriet of uh, Copper Horse Coffee over in Ithaca, New York. Uh, but we're sitting in Seattle in the Conduit Coffee Studio. Uh, Joseph Robertson here with Coffee Lovers Magazine and Jesse Nelson of Conduit Coffee. Hello. John ran downstairs. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we're channeling fake John, who was here earlier, but then he left. Uh, How's the weather out there in Ithaca? Jesse. It's finally not cold. Nice. Are you tired of the snow, or is it? Does it help? Yes, out yes, I, yes, I am. I am. I'm tired of the snow. I uh, spent the last like, ten years or so in Louisville, Kentucky. This is my first winter back, and somebody told me it's it's average temperature in February was uh, two degrees colder than it's been in like a hundred and whatever years. So it was a really cold February. So I'm I'm excited that it's getting a little warmer. Yeah. And there's literally, literally been snow, like a good, we, we live up on the side of this hill in the woods. So uh, it's, uh, we've had pretty deep snow all February. Like we've had at least a foot and a half on the ground the whole time. Um, wow. You know, yeah. So that's interesting. I kind of like the sound of that. 
footage. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool at first, and then you start to realize you're. I'm like, uh, you know, at at eleven o'clock at night, we're we're watching movies and eating lots of snacks, and we're like, man, we got to stop this. This is crazy. We're going nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, so uh, you you're the owner of uh, Copper Horse Coffee in Ithaca, New York. That's your that's your baby. Is that right? And you, but you used to be with Suttergoss, so I just kind of wanted to ask you about that. So you used to be with Suttergoss Coffee in Kentucky. Um, tell us about maybe a little bit about your work there, but um, I want to hear about like your transition to Copper Horse and how that all came to be. Oh, okay. Well, gosh, I've uh, I was at Suttergoss for five or six years there. Um, the uh, the best owners in coffee I've ever worked for. Um, just um, Brian and Matthew are awesome. And I will say, up until that point in coffee, I was kind of uh, putting one foot in front of the other um, and not really dreaming about the future. And I feel like with Matthew and Brian, uh, they gave me, uh, gave me work that really uh, allowed me to kind of pick my head up and, and kind of dream a little bit. And when I started looking, you know, to where things could go, um, you know, I wanted I wanted to move back to upstate New York at some point. I didn't know when um, at the time, but um, you know, I I started thinking about, hey, what what would it be like if we did this? And as far as uh, things like sourcing green coffee and um, uh, things like, you know, what would it look like if I if I put my signature on this completely? What happened was is uh, an old friend of mine who I used to work for his, be his front of house manager at Carriage House Cafe, Christian Woodall is his name. Um, I because I was, uh, you know, been a coffee roaster for a number of years. I used to send people uh, coffee on the holidays and such to my friends, and you know, our conversation kind of went like over the years, you know, that I was roasting was kind of like, hey man. You sent me some good coffee, man. This is really good coffee. We got to get you get you up here and roast for us. You know, you got to come back to Ithaca. You know, and it was kind of a um, something that was kind of a joke between us. And then we started thinking pretty seriously about it, and that was where the transition began. When I about two and a half years ago, when I started to really think, okay, what if we do do this? What is it going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of in limbo about what to do, and but I was also kind of preparing. And then I eventually had a conversation with Matthew and Brian, and um, you know, and said, "Yeah, we're gonna move back. All of our extended family is here in, in around Ithaca, and it was kind of uh, too. Um, and this gave me an opportunity to do something I love to do uh, in a place where I have a lot of family and uh, a lot of." Uh, you know, from some business mentors, I also got some good advice to, if you're going to start a new business, it's good to be near extended family and a, and a big support system. Um, and I, and I, and I definitely wasn't going to go open a roastery in Louisville, you know, where we were, because that wouldn't have been appropriate for my integrity with my, you know, with the guys at Center Goss. So, um, so yeah, so it was kind of like, okay, let's do this. And so it took some. Uh, we put some things together, started putting things on paper, and then started having all those long conversations you have with future business partners. You know, they go way into the night. You know, um, and we had a lot of those talks, a lot of those four and five hour conversations where I'm like, you know, standing with my phone next to the charger because my battery blew out a couple hours <laughs> earlier. Right. 
you know, so just um, talking and hashing everything out, how it looked. And um, so I wanted to keep the look. And, and I should go back to also say, like, the reason we call it a roastery and tasting room is because we are in Finger Lakes wine country and we are down the road from some wineries. That's interesting. Um, and so their model, I really like their model is, you know, you go in there and you taste some wine and there's no, there's no obligation to buy. And that's kind of where I got got the idea for for that of like the idea of like yeah this is coffee tasting come in and you can have as many rounds as you want and you don't have to worry about you know driving home um, you know uh, you know have a couple of rounds of coffee and if you like what you you taste then you can buy something and if you don't you know that's that's okay and um, so I have a lot of folks that come by pretty frequently now which is really cool. Um, and getting cultivating some regulars without ever having official open hours, I just tell people to text or call me. Fascinating. <laughs> and do, they're like, "Do you get a lot of people so, who who go there for the wine tasting and then see you and stop by?" And uh, not really a lot yet because it's not tourist season. You know, okay. um, in the fall, I got a lot of people that would stop by because we're also on the main thoroughfare from Ithaca to the interstate to get to go down to New York City. So there's a lot of folks that I've got a couple of people actually stop by on like a weekend and be like, hey, man, we're going back down to Brooklyn. They're like, can I get an espresso? And I'm like, uh, well, here's the deal. And <laughs> so I, I find I find myself I'm often having to explain what I do to people. And that's OK. I don't mind. You know, like I, I always love, you know, love to let them know why we're doing what we're doing. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, part of that, too, to be honest, for for. Uh, our, you know, we kind of started on a bootstrap budget and put our savings in and got a Kickstarter going and all that. And it wasn't because we wanted some extra money; it's because we needed capital to start. So, for me to, you know, put like an espresso machine in right away, it just wasn't practical too. So that's like the pragmatic side of why we did that too. I thought, yeah, I can just have some different brewing methods that people are going to have at home. And I also use, I've got a Vario W there, but I also use just a Encore actually a lot for grinding coffee because I wanted to have a setup that I feel like most home folks John, John's have. nodding his head here. Oh yeah. Because we're on video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it sounds, it sounds like a very familiar story from Absolutely, yeah, building well, out from the ground up. Uh, and uh, I love it. We have our open houses yeah. every week and they've slowly after two and a half years have been building and building and upgrading our espresso machine we borrowed a single group Astoria way back in the day and uh i'm just excited that i know that if i ever get tired of this jesse i got a jesse on the east coast and i can just jump right in and do exactly what i'm doing here he's an expert bagger just nod and smile jesse nod and smile yes (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that the um, that that open house idea is a great idea. I've had a couple of people say, you know, you should have some open hours, but I think it's kind of like for right now, it's I'm I I'm not as convenient as other places that are definitely open. So I'm thinking about actually maybe not having open house, but maybe doing like weekly. Hey, I'm definitely open four to seven on Friday or whatever, because there are some people that it's inconvenient for but a lot of people actually dig the fact that i'm like yeah just call me man call me next week and uh you know i'm gonna be there monday through thursday because i do do i work a couple other jobs right now as we're getting this thing started so i just tell me i'm there monday through thursday give me a call the only reason i'm gonna be gone is if i'm meeting with folks tasting coffee or if i'm delivering coffee other than that i'm roasting there packaging you know and i'm uh you know tasting coffees there and meeting people there so um yeah i got a i got quite a 
quite a few people now that will just text and be like, at the roastery this afternoon? You know, yep, come on over, you know, and they'll show up and we'll drink some coffees and they'll usually get a bag or two. And, you know, it varies. Some people come by, you know, once a week and some people come by like once a month. Right. And, you know, you know, it just depends, you know. It's and, so fun but, to have those regulars. Our post, our post delivery guy, mail delivery guy, post. Post. <laughs> the postman. The postman. There we go. <laughs> he, uh, he's found us and it was just giving him samples and, you know, he slowly kind of started showing up at our door and picking up bags of coffee. Oh, that, that's it's, awesome. Yeah, that's so great. It's totally organic and it's so fulfilling to know that these people are willing to come back on their own schedule and work with our crazy schedule to, to just keep showing up and participate. Yeah, um, that's, what, that's what's cool. That's my favorite is that people have come back with more people. Every time, like, I had to introduce you to my friend Carolyn, or I had to introduce you to my friend Mike, you know, like, it's like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, and they bring them along. But you know what, I'll, I will tell you a story, though. My postman out front of my place, uh, he's, a, he, he's a little bit of a cynical guy, and I like that about him, <laughs> you know, but he, um, yeah, the first day he, he uh, smelled me roasting outside, is he's like, he comes by with his, uh, you know, postal truck to drop off the mail, and he goes, what is that smell? That smells like crap. I was like, uh, so, but I talked to him and, and one time he had a, you know, a, a, like a week or so later, he had a package for me and he came in. I'm like, okay, hold on. Stay right there for two seconds. I'm going to hold up the mail. And I gave you some coffee and he liked it. And I gave him a little sample to take, take to his, his friends, you know, and that's, that's really how I start out a lot of relationships. I give them some coffee and then I give them a sample. It's, it's yeah. amazing how so that works. Like, yeah. uh, People, I meet a lot of people who are who are really like skeptical or hesitant or or anything about good coffee. They're just like coffee. Coffee is like one thing to them, and it's dark and bitter and blah blah blah. And I get a lot of coffee from from Jesse here, and often I have too much and I, I give it out. And and I very frequently will just go to my neighbor and be like, Oh, here, here, try this. And they'll open the bag and they'll smell it and they're like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Can I just eat this? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this guy hated the smell of roasted coffee. I tell you what. That's this funny. Guy, how, yeah, he was. I don't know, he was I know just like, this sucks. This. Yeah. You know? We had we had a sailor from across the street. We made a. It was a beautiful. It was a, you know, a natural from Shikizo Guji, and made a Chemex oh, yeah. over ice and poured it. You know, it tasted like blueberry tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took a sip and goes, "Oh, well, that's just bizarre." <laughs> he just set it down and didn't drink it, you know. And it's one of the most amazing cups oh. of coffee I've ever had. Probably it still stands out. <laughs> oh, you get that sometimes. I mean, yep. I, definitely with those with those fruit forward naturals. Some people will just. I mean, I know the um, the guy who's kind of the founder of the Carriage House Cafe. Who first, like, he took this basically took this dilapidated carriage house that. Um, that burned down in like 1910 and he rebuilt it all and made it into a beautiful cafe. That's cool. But where is that located? Oh, that's in, that's on Stewart Avenue in Ithaca. Okay. Um, and that's, they serve and sell our coffee there. And I'm, I'm partners with basically the guy that owns the carriage house cafe who I used to work for when I was in Ithaca, basically Christian, him and I, he partnered with me, um, because he wanted the coffee at the cafe and have like kind of in-house quality control. He was having some quality control issues, before then so he just thought hey if you're if it's you and i know it's you down the road then i can tell you what's going on with the coffee day to day and they do a lot of their own stuff from scratch 
But um, but yeah, the guy who guy who owns the cafe, gosh, he dislikes Ethiopian naturals. He just is like, no, I don't like the fruit thing. I no, I don't want it. I don't want it near me. I just want. You know, and he's very into the, uh, you know, the deeper sugared, you know, your chocolate and caramel sort of tasting note thing. So it's wonderful that uh, there's such big of a range available in coffee too. Though, so. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because you so, can be like, all right. Well, it's been so oh, fascinating sorry. to me to learn, you know, to just spend time thinking about everybody's different routines and how do you reach certain people when, you know, they're gonna love the coffee, but then how do you get them to follow through with buying it and just. Well, you know what? You know what I've done since for like a decade as a barista, it seems, um, is um, I, I've I've defaulted, and maybe this is maybe this isn't the best way to go about it, but this is just what I do: is I've gone to literally starting with what kind of roast do you like? Do you like a light, medium, or dark roast? And that has like become my default first question. I swear, right? Like I don't even like, and I know like you know, and and uh, you know whatever whatever the, uh, you know, philosophy is of a roaster, you know, wherever they're going with, whether it be Nordic approach or whatever, like the fact is, is that like, that's where I always start when I don't know anybody that comes into my roastery. I, well, first of all, I never want to make anybody feel unwelcome. I always want them to be, feel super welcome. And I don't want to, you know, spout out about anything because I do carry a roast spectrum for a purpose. You know, I, I carry that so everybody can feel comfortable. You know, I have, I do have, Certain coffees that I light roast. I certain I have certain blends that I have a medium roast, and I have like a medium dark roast. I don't go super dark, but like I have something that can cater to everybody, and because I because I feel like that's a real uh, welcoming aspect of what we do, and it's also really where I found a lot of taste to be at just with talking with folks. I mean, I've been been roasting for about nine years, and I've I've found. So I've stayed with that, even though I have my preferences for what I like to drink. What's your um, um, What's your current uh, bestseller or most often requested sold coffee? I don't know. Um, so right now, um, it's it's almost a tie between our Enrique Torres and our Carriage House blend. And the Carriage House blend is um, basically it's it's three different coffees, um, and it's meant to be a sweet balance round. Uh, medium roast you know it's meant to be i roast for sweetness and balance with that blend and it's like it just you know people really get that a lot mm-hmm. um, and they like it and it's like something that everybody can agree with and i feel like i put good in the blend i mean the whole purpose of for me of blending to with, with what we're doing now is to, to be culinary in our thought about it because christian's really good at he, he taught me a long time ago about you know just in any culinary dish to have sweet acidic bitter salt you know balance you know whether it's a salad whether it's an entree you know you use bitter greens with a sweet you know bright vinaigrette you know all, you know all those sort of stuff so mm-hmm. with that blend that blend i think really dial it into a middle of the road comfortable coffee for everybody to drink and it has become pretty popular and then the enrique torres has really gained in popularity because of the fact that it that it uh has done well um you know, um, not only in the cup for people at coming to the roastery, but now it has a little bit of its own life because of the whole uh, espresso thing. So, was that your winning espresso? Yep. The, that coffee was the best espresso coffee that we did in Atlanta. So, very nice. Uh, I've been reading about it on your on your website. Yeah. So, so, cool. you, so you went from Sunner Goss, you started Copper Horse, and then you immediately win the best espresso. 
So congratulations. In the world. In oh. <laughs> Coffee Fest Atlanta. Best espresso. Coffee Fest Atlanta Eastern Region uh, bracket. That's yeah. practically the world. For, for this almost, year. Almost yeah. the yeah. whole world right there. Absolutely. Yeah, well, well yeah. <laughs> World's best cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, no. I, I remember when I first met you, Jesse, um, it was Coffee Fest, I think it was 2013. Uh, I met you, you were volunteering doing some of the uh, America's Best Coffee House for the Northwest region. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I brought you some samples, and uh, it was wonderful to be able to meet you there. But I think you're a big staple with um, your volunteer work at Coffee Fest. Have are you still planning on continuing that now that you're a competitor or are they kicking you out and saying, uh, <laughs> not allowed to be a judge not allowed to, is this your gotcha <laughs> question? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. So, um, basically what's happening is this, is that like, I, um, I, when back in 2013 in Chicago, um, I, I roasted this delicious, uh, Jürgen chef Kochere, Zero defect from Samuel Akefa. Right. That was an excellent. My barista Aaron Kicklighter uh, pulled it on the Slayer, and we won in Chicago in 2013. Um, uh, and I was roasting on a different roaster then. I was roasting on an Impianti, an STA Impianti, which is a very different roaster. It's electric coils on the top of the machine, and it roasts very dry. It's not as wet as something like my DJ Guy R12. Okay. So it's a drier heat and uh, very fast air. Uh, in that roaster. So it's a completely different roaster than I roasted on now. So when we did that in Chicago, um, I wasn't the owner of Sunner Goss. Um, so it, uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, but I feel like in Atlanta, I'm working with the America's best coffee house competition. Um, and then we won. And because I'm an owner, I think, um, yeah, I talked. I had a little conversation with David. Let's just say that David Albrun and I had a conversation, and I think I'm going to not do them in the future. I think this might be my last best espresso competition uh, that I've done. So I'm glad we won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. That's, yeah. it's, it's funny that's cool. I, but I don't. I don't think I'm. I think um, it'd be good just to um, just to uh, keep a, basically keep focused on what we're doing. And honestly, I mean, I was excited because I just wanted to. I was excited to give it a shot. And, um, there's no real, uh, to be honest, I wasn't even over maybe one time during the whole weekend, I was over at the best espresso venue. I didn't see any of the competition because I'm so busy because I'm coordinating the other competition across the exhibit hall floor. And, uh, Joe, you've seen me. I mean, you, well, yeah. you guys have also, uh, you see, yeah. yeah. So like, you I, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm on my little Island, you know, so I don't even know what was going on over there. Um, John just kept, you know, John, my buddy, John Latoto, which, uh, I could tell you more about that interesting story. There's a lot of backstory there to that, but, um, basically John would just come over and be like, you know, um, yeah, Hey man, we got through another round. Awesome. And then I'd be back to doing my thing and, you know, I wouldn't think about it again. So I actually ne didn't even have a chance to think about it the whole weekend. I mean, I thought about it after we were, right. you know, out, out of our work with Best Coffee House with uh, Ryan and Ryan uh, Soder and Chris DeFerio. You know, afterwards in the evening, I was like, oh, we got through the first day. That's great, you know. And But really, most of the time, I, mean, I was just busy doing, you know, my other work. So, um, you know, once we were finally there, I felt like, it was, it's kind of the thing where you breathe out because you're like, I already put my work in. I roasted this coffee 12 days ago. 
uh, I, there's nothing else I can do here. It's right. all in John's hands, you know, and I, and John has very capable hands and, um, but yeah, I mean with, um, so that's, a, I don't know if you guys know the backstory of that, but I should mention that really, really cool story, but, um, John Latoto pulled shots for us in Atlanta of the best espresso comp for the best espresso competition. And he's the, uh, I don't know if it's official title, but He's basically like QC for Greenway Coffee in Houston, Texas. Um, and he roasts for them, does sampling and barista training, everything. He does all of it. Well, we, we, him, can, um, we can get more of that story because, um, well, just to, just to uh, jut in here because um, I, yeah. I got in touch with you a little after the competition about CoffeeCon. Mm -hmm. I wanted to jump in and talk about CoffeeCon a little bit, but you um, – they uh, were very nice to represent me a bit at, at CoffeeCon because I wasn't able to be there. Uh, and, of course, we're going to have you in the uh, magazine in the future issue uh, once we have a chance to, you know, sit down and do an interview. Hopefully in person, probably when you're out here for Coffee Fest. Um, so we can dive into your story with John there. Uh, yeah, sure. But I wanted to jump over Absolutely. to CoffeeCon and hear a bit about that. But Jesse's giving me a look here. I just want to know if you're going to be out here for SCAA. Uh, I, I honestly, um, I honestly wish I could, but I only get so many trips a year that I feel like are doable for me and my family life. So um, the only reason I do get to SCAA a lot is because I am doing Coffee Fest three times a year now. Right. Um, so um, yeah, I spend a lot. I I spend a lot of time doing that now. Um, so. But yeah, so um, New York Coffee Con, yeah, we went down there. Um, it was really cool. It was because of you, Joe, that I really like even found out about it. Um, and and talking with Kevin over the phone, he was super nice. And I just basically, you know, I, I started out the conversation with him that like, hey man, whatever you need help with, let me know. And then um, he was like, oh yeah, I'll get in touch with you. And then it became, oh, you know, can you can you do a Hario V60 class? I was like, sure. Can you do an AirPods class? Sure. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and then, uh, do some exhibiting and then handing out some flyers. So, um, so yeah, it ended up being, uh, it was, I, I absolutely loved all the interactions there, especially in the, in the classes, because for me with, uh, you know, if it's called a hands-on class, then I don't want to be lecturing the whole time. Um, I want to basically, I, I gave folks, I think the most helpful thing we did is we, we, uh, you know, I went through the, you know, the bullet points, V60s, doing a comparative analysis, but basically saying, hey, if this is a V60 and this is the thing you're using, this is the best, best uh, features about it. This is, you know what I mean? Like not necessarily going into like, oh, this is V60, uh, you know, compared to, a, you know, Bon Mac or a B House or a Melita or, you know, whatever. Um, so, at, so, so at Coffee Con, oh, uh, the, the people there, like, CoffeeCon is really uh, the consumer-focused coffee festival. I think they're they're coining it, um, and uh, which is really awesome because so so the class you're teaching really focused on reaching people who are not in the coffee industry, right? So you're you're like teaching the basics of of brewing properly with a V60. Yeah, and I had like brewing charts that had like um, you know this is. 
this is 18 grams, but like three and a half tablespoons of whole bean coffee or like, uh, you know, two Hario scoops, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I had the whole brewing guide that would, that also included, like, if you don't have a scale, that's fine. We could still do this, you know, to start, you know, as a starting point. Yeah. I mean, just at least getting everybody on the same, you know, book. And my favorite part is the first class. And I, and then I, then my, I was really excited during the second and third class I did because at the, at the beginning of the first class, I said, okay, well, how many people here are baristas? And like one person out of 30 raised their hand. Awesome. And I was just so excited. Cause I'm like, oh, okay. Cause these are, right. the, I'm like, these are, these are my people. This is what I deal with now really regularly. You know, I don't, you know, and I used to be a barista trainer. Um, I mean, I still train baristas for wholesale accounts and stuff, but like, um, it's just, it was just really refreshing for me. And especially at my, at my, um, I also had a table there to, that I was just serving Chemex. I was just making Chemexes all day, you know, uh, Chemex after Chemex. And everybody that was coming up, it like, it wasn't, you know, some people had specific questions and I, we had some really good specific, uh, talks about coffees, but overall, most of my interactions were like, here, taste this how is it mm -hmm. you know just straight up like oh it's good or oh it's a little too light for me or it's a little uh, i'd like it a little darker or like you know like but it was very good i mean it was like uh it, it was just amazing interactions with folks and i had a lot of long talks with some great people and it was i mean it's the it's probably one of the first coffee events i've ever been to that wasn't a trade-based show um I mean, besides like barista jams and latte throwdowns and stuff, where you see a lot of like when you do like coffee tastings at like a at like a latte art throwdown, where there's a lot of folks that aren't baristas there. That's fun too, just because they're like, "What are you doing? What's that thing?" You know. And um, and the other side of it, I will say too, that was fantastic, is that especially in my second Hario V60 class and my first Aeropress class. I, I quickly disseminated the quick information about the devices and everything and then talked about who brews with this at home and some of the questions they had. And I'll tell you what, is that a, there was quite a few folks in those classes that were pretty darn good at brewing, using the brewing devices to like an, an advanced degree. Hmm. Um, and so they had advanced questions. And so it was pretty cool because I was able to, I mean, a lot of the times, I don't get me wrong, like a lot of times I was, pulling it back to like really pragmatic so everybody could everybody could uh, feel included in that discussion so it's like you know if somebody asked a specific question like and but some of it was like you know um you know in the aeropress definitely questions about inverted aeropresses and what's the you know is it better brewing this way or that way etc like and um so but a, wide, the, a so, wide range of experience in the attendees that's really so, cool in our experience with the open houses and some of the the recurring you know, the regulars that are coming by from the neighborhood that are just trying to figure out how to make a better cup of coffee at home. You know, yep, you got those, that. These questions are coming to us with their own profiles and wondering. They read these things online and they want some feedback on it. And it's we learn so much, but it's also just so fun to see people getting into this and kind of realizing how deep this rabbit hole mm -hmm. is for, for making a good cup of coffee. Yeah, like in the like in the Aeropress class, you know, I did I did basically both, you know, and Aeropress is both both ways, you know, I did it inverted and then over the over the mug, you know, um, or over a server actually, but um, you know, and then you know, some people are like, why'd you do that? And then other people are like, well, um, according to the World Aeropress Championship recipes from last year, 
you know, so you had those that range going on in the class. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I think both. I think it was wonderful to have both conversations. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, what I do is I actually have the same brewing guides at my roastery for people. So when they ask me, I show them. This is what I go by. And to be honest, like I was, uh, the main thing that I focus on, uh, whether I'm at the roastery or like. At or doing training is a lot of times and you you know we may you know you guys may or may not disagree with me on this but basically like when you look at like the you know the proposed best extraction charts you know the little you know what i'm talking about the little square with brew strength and extraction yield percentage you know one of the biggest lines you see going through there is you know basically a paradigm of approximately six grams to 100 milliliters and I feel like that's the easiest way for me to talk to people about it. And that's where I tell people, like, that's just where I tell everybody to start. Hmm. And I say, you can adjust, you know, six to seven grams per 100 milliliters, pretty much, you know. And you can switch that up a couple of ways. You can talk about, you know, how many, you know, ounces, you know, et cetera, per tablespoons and all that, you know. But, like, the idea is, is that's kind of the paradigm I start with, especially with brewing. Of course, things like AeroPress, you know, you, you have all sorts of different augmented recipes. But the starting point is always when people are like, how do you do that Chemex? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm using about, you know, 32 grams for 500 milliliters or, you know, basically about, you know, six, six tablespoons for about 16 ounces. You know what I mean? Like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's just how I talk about it with people. And it's I know it's not perfect and I know it can be um you know, w- when we get more specific, like when I, when I get in a more specific co- uh, conversation, then I get f- deeper with that, you know, but I don't, right. I don't just like kind of, kind of whip it out and be like, you know, oh, this, you know, I, I'm, I'm basically saying, you know, okay, um, this is a good place to start. Um, and this will get you a good cup of coffee. Yeah. And then if they're like, you know, if they come back and they're like, you know, well, you know, this at Brewers Cup last year with this, you know, or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, well, we can we can talk on that level. Yeah, yeah well, it certainly doesn't need to be try perfect at the beginning. You're just trying to get them to jump down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah, just get some ratios in there. You know, just throw some ratios in. Yep. Um, get get some like ideas for this much coffee per this much water. You know, and making making sure that it's you know. As freshly ground, you know, as possible, and that they're using filtered water, that they're using clean, clean uh, brewing devices, and you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. You know, just very. I, I don't like to go too far unless I let I let somebody else kind of lead that lead that if they want to go there. That's the but beautiful, I don't, uh, beautiful magic of coffee is is once someone has that that like totally different and new experience, mm-hmm. uh, they're screwed. Right, <laughs> they're stuck. It doesn't matter. Exactly. That's what I've had I've had those conversations where the guys like, dang it, I get a scale of them kettles and like you know you know what I mean like that whole thing. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The price tag goes way up. All of a sudden, they realize yeah, yeah, they yeah. just they can't settle for anything less anymore. Their whole routine yeah. changes in the mornings. We have I was having a conversation with a friend last night. Finally, I mean we've known these guys for a few years, and they finally finally subscribed right they, to our subscription after always oh, awesome. complaining they're out of coffee and it's great. And that was that was about Christmas time, and then I saw him finally again last night, and you know his whole routine's changed in the morning with their French presses, and they're getting a pour over, and he's you know he's working on his espresso shots and everything like that, and he's he's realizing how much time it takes to make good coffee, but he's really enjoying the new routine and being satisfied with the cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and uh, 
yeah, Coffee Con was just really refreshing for me to see so many folks that, um, you know, that were just going there because they were just interested. Mm-hmm. You know, all they, they were just interested in going, and a lot of them, like, didn't know what to expect. Or I, I, I think a lot of folks hadn't, you know, been to any sort of coffee kind of trade show before because they were just kind of like, what, what is this? You know, and it was great. It was, it was great to, um, to uh, have that perspective. Awesome. To, um, after being like, you know, after, you know, Coffee Fest three times a year and going to SCAAs and stuff like that, it was just like a different kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we could sit here and keep chatting about coffee for hours. <laughs> but we need to get you, we need to get you out here, man. Yeah. Jesse, it's been so enjoyable talking to you. It's, it's, you're one of those characters that have kind of been around floating through these these conference scenes for a few years, and it's so good to talk to you again. But I'm really loving your story. It, it's, I don't know, I'm just kind of smiling because it just seems like you're one of those people in the coffee industry. And there's there's a few of us, I think, but um, that really is working to connect the people to this amazing product that we have. And it's so fun to hear about what's happening with you out there in, in Ithaca in a very, very different coffee climate. Yeah. Uh, something about tomatoes. Oh, that's my daughter. My my. Sorry, I'm downstairs now. My daughter said, "Can you play with me with the tomatoes?" Um. So. Well, I just um, wanted I to um. Just wanted to thank you for being on the show today. Uh, it's been awesome. We need to get you out here. Oh, well, we'll see you at Coffee Fest. Yeah, definitely. Yes, that'll be fun. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you, Jesse. I think it's it's so fun to hear about somebody doing. All this, all this work, just the passion that goes into sharing what good coffee can be with people that are often turned away from these experiences, and, and it's kind of the standard Hello? Of the industry. I think there? I lost something. Did, did you hear? It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse says something, and we lose everything. <laughs>